The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray get into AEW Dynamite. More specifically, Dr. Britt Baker and the Outcast. Also, we go a little off the rails with greatest pro wrestling cameos in movies and TV, and who better to talk about it with us than the one and only RJ City right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. They were in Pittsburgh last night for AEW Dynamite, and we're talking about that women's tag match. And, you know, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter getting that win over Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Ruby Soho uh, tapping out to the lockjaw. And again, like, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't think it was necessary. I guess big moment in Pittsburgh. Obviously, Britt Baker, a crowd favorite. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are crowd favorites wherever they go right now. To me, I think it was more important for Ruby Soho and Tony Storm to get that victory and keep the heels strong because this is the story moving forward, right? I felt like if you had Ruby Soho and Tony Storm win that match last night, and again, Soraya getting involved, that belt shot, one, two, three, that would have put a lot of heat on Tony Storm and and right, it would have, and Tony Storm and Ruby Soho a lot of heat from that Pittsburgh crowd because they want to see Britt Baker get that victory. There would have been a lot of boost, and that would have set up perfectly what happened later on in the show with Jericho and Adam Cole. Because now you already have that crowd in a frenzy; they're already pissed off, they're already angry. Then here comes Britt Baker to help out Adam Cole. The fans go absolutely nuts because there's the hero, Britt Baker. And then to see what Jericho and the Outcast did to Britt Baker, man, that would have been a special moment in Pittsburgh last night. Spirit of 76 for Britt Baker last night, which is the exact way they should have went. She takes the belt shot. She gets rolled up, screwed, one, two, three, places booing. When Britt Baker would have come out later in the show to save Adam Cole, she would have looked like a hero, especially if she would have had her head bandaged up because she took a head because she took a shot to the head. Now you're making somebody. Now Superwoman looks like Superwoman because she's coming back down to make a save and not just kicking out of shit that shouldn't be kicked out of. Tommy. Um, uh, a few things. Like, I mean, if you listen to that crowd. They were hot as can be for it. So really, like you said earlier, it didn't really matter. Um, if to David's point and to your point, technically the feud is over. Um, I am, They won. Not only did they win, they submit, They tapped yep. one of the girls out. I understand now you have this prolonged, you know, because the next segment you have the outcast laying her out. Um, but again, you, you already won the thing. Um it's more, even with that, it's more heat for Jericho on Adam Cole because he did it that to his girlfriend in front of him where he was helpless. Um, but if you're going to go for heat, you got to go for heat. 
and heat then makes the baby face, not just in Pittsburgh, but across the world makes fans want to see you beat the crap out of them because you lost in your hometown and then you got beat down in your hometown. And if I would have thrown an extra crinkle in there, I don't care that it's her boyfriend. Um, but they made acknowledgement to it earlier. Her father, her father sitting ringside. I have one of the, I have the father come to the ring or I have one of the girls or one of the Jericho appreciation society grab the father and watch them beat down the daughter. And, you know, while the boyfriend, I mean, that's, that's heat in your hometown. And, you know, those are things that you can't have the yay moment. You can have the yay moment, but if you're, like I said, cool that everybody won, like, you know, uh, Wardlow won in his hometown. And And I do think AEW does such great things for people in their hometown. And I think it's also done by design, but then also always remember there's a time and a place for the right heat. And Brit is, I, I disagree with you where Brit is that superwoman. I also think like in Dave's point and your point, it gets the heels over more for the super women because it helps other people in this angle get more over. So well, and I agree with your perception that Jamie Hayter, since she's the champion, she should be equal on par with Britt Baker. Um, and those little perception things are what change it. And I would always tell people, excuse me, when I'm tagging with Terry Funk and I learned this from him and he would say, wait for me. And I always like, Hmm. And this isn't the proverbial, Oh, there's two wrestlers in the ring. Why wouldn't they just jump the one uh, wrestler? And then when I asked him and he's like, because I'm coming to you. And that, and he used to do it a lot. He would put his hand on my shoulder and it's like this guy and Terry Funk are equal and Terry Funk hangs out with him as opposed to, oh, he's just here with Terry Funk. And like those little, little simple nuances. And when you really understand it, like, it's like, wow, like Terry Funk's hanging out with Tommy Dreamer, not Tommy Dreamer's hanging out with Terry Funk. And those are just the littlest, littlest things that help in the grand scheme of things, everybody get over. And 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 and, and that's my issue, Tommy. And I got to be fair here, bullying. You know, you and I do the shows on Tuesday morning after a Monday Night Raw. Who have I been most critical about over the last six months when it comes to Monday Night Raw is the da- is damage control. Because I was like, man, damage control has had so many opportunities to get over but yet they never had them get over. So why am I buying into damage control? After watching you know, the last few weeks of AEW, why am I into the outcast? Like, you know, uh, Britt Baker went out last week and laid out every member of the outcast. Laid, them all, all, laid all three women out. And then last night, with the help of Soraya and outside interference, still got Ruby Soho to tap out. Now, again, we'll get into what happened with Adam Cole and Jericho, but right there, Bully, like like Tommy just said, the feud's done. Like, you know, you laid out all three members by yourself, and then last night, even though there was outside interference and you took a belt shot, you still made Ruby Soho tap out, and you and Jamie Hayter won the match, with Jamie Hayter being laid out. So, like, to me, it's like they're no threat. 
even even in the chaos that happened with the kendo stick, it's still that like Tommy just said, that's more about Adam Cole and Jericho being a piece of shit than the outcast. The outcast were a little bit of the gravy in that segment, but it was really more about Jericho than anybody else. And Jericho, by the way, did a phenomenal job in that segment, I thought, last night, from the promo to the to what we saw at the end. But go ahead, Bully. Chris was a great general last night. I agree with you, Dave, on who should have gotten the win in the women's tag match. It would have kept them, uh, kept that team strong as far as a cohesive unit. When it came to the kendo stick uh, shots, Tommy said earlier, if you're going to go for heat, then go for heat. And there are a lot of things at their disposal that they did not utilize. One of the things that they, I believe that they could have done better last night is take their time. Oh, God, you're so right. Here is my example. I'm going to bring up three examples of when you're doing the kendo stick angle of how to take your time. First one, the Sandman caning Tommy Dreamer. They took their time. And that's how the people were able to emotionally invest and get behind Tommy. Number two, Billy Ray caning Flip Gordon in the ECW arena, just like the Sandman did to uh, 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 Tommy Dreamer. I took my time. And then I had all of the baby faces in the back come to ringside to encourage Flip. So not only was Flip looking at his at the fans encouraging him, but also the boys were encouraging him. Come on, Flip, you can do it. Number three, when MJF whipped Cody, they took their time. This angle is meant to slow burn, to let the people get mad at what's going on. What did Tommy do, Flip do, and Cody do that they all had in common? They sat there and they took it. Not only did they not take their time last night with the kendo sticks, Britt started to roll around because those kendo stick shots suck and they hurt and she started to move around. You gotta sit there, suck it up and take it. And you gotta take your time. Go ahead, Tommy. Or the other part, have somebody hold her. Uh, You just, fat dick. (laughs) They should have held uh, Brit down. They should have stretched her out. They should have put her on her stomach. One person stands on, you know, holds an arm down. Another person holds an arm down. You could have a, a cup, you know, Jericho hold the leg. The, the Daniel guy hold the leg. Two of the women hold arms. And then Paige is going to town with the stick. Slowly, every shot counts. You raise the kendo stick up slow so that the people are going, and then what? Oh, you don't go boom, 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 boom. And that's also the psychological three on one, which makes you a bigger superwoman. 
And anybody can say anything that they want about our assessment of that angle. Did that angle work last night? Yes. Could it have worked to the next level? Absolutely. Okay? You're talking talking to two guys who did this really, really well. And it worked. It worked in ECW for Tommy and the Sandman. It worked in Ring of Honor, in Ring of Honor for me and Flip. It worked in AEW for Cody and MJF. And and David, this is where you know we were talking about where you could listen on the Masters class. Is it too much? This is where, and I just went and checked. You want to see those lashes on somebody's body? Oh my God. This is where you want Second to go time. on social media and you want to say, and if they're not there, and listen, we're just like Bully said. Yeah, but it looked like it was there. Like watching it on TV, it looked like she had some. Go ahead. Did Britt Baker's back look like Tommy Dreamer's, Flip Gordon's, or Cody Rhodes? I couldn't tell because they never did that close up of, of her back. I wanted to see pictures on social media right after the show or early this morning of the welts from the kendo stick. Is this a work? Yes. But there's some times where you have to legitimize the work and you just have to do it. Yes or no, Tommy? Uh, I went. I did not know it happened. I saw it on social media. Frankie Kazarian tweeted about the hardcore war and, you know, put me over for being his partner and he had this gaping cut across his back because he did a cutter from the apron to the floor and the table cut open his back and I was just like the next day I was like you all right I saw that picture he's like yeah man uh he's like you know nothing that normal and uh you know then he went out and he wrestled the next day um but again when you have the tools of social it's again to make you the bigger star than that you are because you are she is that pillar I mean, she used it when, when with the match with Thunder when she had the crimson mask that was all over social 100%. media. That picture, that picture was everywhere. That should have been the same last night. And and bully like to you guys. That, were... To me, that picture of Britt Baker, um, the bloody face, the crimson mask picture, might be, if not number one, top three most iconic moments in my memory for AEW, and that yes. speaks volumes. Yes. And, you know, to, to, to follow through with that, like last night, um, you know, you guys were talking about moments that you were involved in. To me, I, I think of back in 2009 with Triple H and Randy Orton, where he, you know, Randy Orton has Stephanie McMahon face first on the mat and Triple H is handcuffed. And that, that segment, guys, was uncomfortable and awkward to watch because the close-up of Triple H and the anguish on his face where he's he's just almost so close to be able to get to Stephanie but could be a mile away. And Randy Orton laughing at Triple H because there's, there's his wife sprawled out on the mat and there's nothing that Triple H can do about it. And, man, I felt that. Last night, and, and Bully, when you're talking about Rush, what the fuck, man? They have that segment, right, where she's getting getting lashed by the kendo stick. What do you guys remember? What happened immediately after that segment last night? Commercial? Nope. They go into uh, 
Matt Hardy with Private Party, and then they had a segment of the flashback of what happened last week. And then right after that, they went to a match with the acclaimed and the Jericho Appreciation Society. They didn't even let that breathe last night. They didn't. They went from that to like, do I really need to hear from Matt Hardy? I mean, come on. Like, let that. Actually, forget about the main event. That should have ended Dynamite last night. Let that end Dynamite last night. Give me that cliffhanger. where I, Now, now I got to wait a week to find out what the hell happened. They didn't even give a commercial break after that segment last night. You talk about not letting things breathe. They went to a they went to a vignette to a match after that segment last night. That's uh, where I've ta- talked about this before, and and I know like wrestling fans get upset, but there's collapsible segments that sometimes you got to make that call of hey, this is a heavier deal. Um, you also when you have a lot of talking segments, shows usually go longer. Like, so then you're going to lose time for that if they had a rush to get there. But then, yes, it affects it. You don't know those behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, we have to go by what we see on television. But those are things where, you know, someone needs to make that call. Stay with this. Screw this promo. And put it on digital. I would have had that be the final segment of the show. Have Jericho do something like Randy Orton where Jericho is mocking Britt Baker while Adam Cole can't reach her. And then you could have, you know, then you could have Soraya and Ruby Riot and Tony Storm go out there. But man, they could have made that into such a more emotional, awkward segment than what they were able to do last night. They rushed through that last night. For what? Dave's so mad you called her Ruby Riot. Sorry. You went back to her WWE name. Dave, you are you brought up a point that I did not even think about, nor did and, and if Tommy thought about it, he didn't mention it. So all credit goes to you. I agree with you. That's the segment that should have ended the show last night. It was it was bigger than anything else that happened on that show because, like you guys just told me, especially what perception is reality. After watching these last few weeks of AEW TV, Doctor Britt Baker is she's the one. So when something like that happens, that should end the show. That should be in the main event segment. It's, and when, when Tommy's talking about collapsible segments and stuff, Dave, the number one uh, the number one thing I've been bitching about with AEW from day one, rules and refs. Number one thing you've been bitching about uh, AEW about from day one is too much shit crammed into every moment, not enough time to breathe. That segment last night needed time to breathe you should have the, the you could have gone off the the last minute of that show could have been heat just with holding brick up and her standing in the middle of the ring and seeing how banged up she was and the cameras getting shots of her back totally agree this is former ufc champion chris weidman do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. 
I'm great. Today should be a dynamite show. Oh, I like what you did there. Dynamite show. Because we're going to blow it up. Wow. You're feisty this morning, bully. I just snorted a five-hour energy. Dynamite! (laughs) AJ Walker, (laughs) dynamite! Dynamite! Damn, damn, damn. (sighs) Well, we're going to have one. That was a great show. Oh, Good Times? Big fan of good times. Very good. Big very, fan. Very big fan of good times. And which which show did they spin good times off of? Uh, the Jeffersons? No, Sanf- uh, All in the Family. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. And the Jeffersons no, was also No, 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 no. The Jeffersons not. got spun Jeffersons off. Jeffersons of, were spun off from All in the Family. All in the Family. Good times was spun off of. More? Just Maud? No, not Maud. Come on, Maud. Make that coffee to go. You know the hometown of Maud, David? Yeah. No. What was the hometown of Maud? Tuckahoe, New York. Ah. The great B. Arthur. Adrian Barbeau. Love Adrian Barbeau. He was hot in um, um, not Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, Creep Creep Show. show. Creep Creep show. Show. She was annoying, though. Henry. <laughs> Where's my cake? Bedelia, I want my cake. She was, was married last... to John Carpenter. Who? Uh, Adrian Barbeau? Yes. I did not know that. Welcome to the 1970s and 1980s <laughs> edition of Busted Open right here on SiriusXM. Things that you learned here on Busted Open. When was the last time you were a man in our bed, Henry? Great movie, creep show. Loved it. Which was your favorite episode? It was that one with Adrian Barbeau with the crypt. Nope, not the crypt. What was it called? What was that episode called? The crate. The crate. The crate. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Circle gets the square. He was great in Escape from New York. Oh, my God. She was great. And who? Well, let's see if Tommy. I'm sorry, Dave. Let's see if Tommy knows this piece of trivia. What wrestling match? was aired on the movie Creep Show, and in which episode was it? I couldn't tell you on that one. Dave, tell him. It was uh, Bob Backlund and Wild Samoan number two. And in which episode was it? I don't remember the name of the episode. Was it the Comet or the Meteor or whatever? The Legend of Jody Verrill. Which God, was played, Jody Verrill was pay, played by Stephen King, and that's when the Meteor hit the Earth, and he touched it, and then he wound up the, the entire uh, his house and became a plant. Yeah, became a turned plant. into yeah, a giant plant. Uh, and 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 Tommy's right as well. Escape from New York. Ox Baker was one of the villains in Escape from New York. Remember back in the day when like wrestlers would be in movies and you would go out of your way just to see that movie because you knew a wrestler was in it. Like when Terry Funk was in, not Roadhouse. What what was Funk Paradise in back Alley. in the day? Paradise, Paradise Alley. Alley. Yep. 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 Good stuff. Oh my god, fantastic! Dave, did you did, speaking of wrestlers? Uh, well, this is not really a wrestler in a movie. Uh, it's actually, it's a bad example. So moving on. Uh, well, what's the best cameo of a wrestler in a TV show or movie? Oh. Hmm. Terry Funk was great in Roadhouse. He was. I, I boycotted Roadhouse a long time ago. Why? Ox, 
because it's nobody beats up Terry Funk, especially what's his name? Patrick Swayze. Patrick. Yeah, no, Patrick Swayze beating up Terry Funk. Come on. It is a movie. There is no, su- there is no <laughs> suspension of disbelief. It is. Did you watch Dynamite last night? No, I mean, you know. Ah! <laughs> 97 Canadian Destroyers and three super kicks later. One, two, kick out. Oh, my God. To me, it would be Andre the Giant and the $6 million man. Ooh, as Bigfoot. Yes. That was a big deal. Alex yeah. Baker Biff, was really good in Escape from New York. Roddy Piper, they live. I mean, there's a lot. No, that's well, that's a that's that's an entire movie. Oh, you're talking yeah, cameos. I'm talking about know. a cameo. How about uh, Ox Baker as a contestant on The Price Is Right? I just saw that recently. That was kind of cool. It's amazing. Yep. Hello, Ox. <laughs> hard punched Bob Barker. The Hogan hard punch. Hogan and Rocky Three. I mean, if Hogan's not in Rocky Three, do we get Hulkamania? If Hogan's not in Rocky Three. No, because he was all my slaves out there. Thunderlips is here in flesh, baby. (laughs) The ultimate man versus the ultimate meatball. Welcome to the 1980s edition of Busted Open. (laughs) I love after the, 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 the charity fight is over, like when when Rocky says, Why'd you go so crazy on me out there? And Hulk goes. Name of the game. That's the name of the game. Love it. How about the fact, you know, my favorite part of that whole scene is, is when Rocky asks for a picture with his son and Hulk's got to think about it. Like he does the whole (laughs) hand on the chin thing. He's like, hmm, okay. You know, he was just about to say, that's 20 bucks, brother. Yeah. He was going to pull an iron cheek. $20. That's right. You want the picture with a shaky baby? Awesome. I mean, that's the beauty of pro wrestling, Tommy. You know that. Back in the day, that's what you live for. You live for those little cameos. I agree. And now wrestlers take over Hollywood, so it's a good thing. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. The biggest box office draw in Hollywood is a former pro wrestler who we may see again in one more match. There's another legend that wants to have one more match as well, and that's Goldberg. We'll maybe get into him a little bit later on, but let's He's made an event in Wembley. Goldberg is excellent in the Goldbergs, by the way. That makes sense. The TV show. I I played a wrestler in in a sitcom. What sitcom? The uh, Sea Dad Run. It was on Nickelodeon with Scott Baio. <laughs> oh, I was Doctor Mayhem. Did you get to uh, meet Scott Baio? Oh, I was in absolutely hung out with Scott Baio. Had a good time with Scott Baio, and was in multiple scenes and wrestled him. Oh wow! I got to go back and see this. I never. I didn't even know about this. Yeah, it was. It was a Later. lot of fun. Rampage Jackson was Tommy. Stop getting off of me for a second on something else. Let me put myself over. Uh, Rampage Jackson was in it also, and he's the and he's a real cool dude. Had a little stint in uh, TNA. Rampage Jackson. Yes, he did. Good. Vader and what? Saved by the Bell. No, he was ba- in, Vader uh, and Ric Flair in Thunder in, in Thunder Bay Baywatch. Boy Meets World. I think uh, Vader was in Boy no, Meets No, Baywatch, World. too. Remember when they get out of the limo 
and Hogan is there, and and Ric Flair is there, and Vader's there, and Kevin Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan is there. The same Kevin Sullivan who did show up to our party at the whiskey and then split on us. Yeah, and and, and got and then got mad and said that he wasn't able to get into the building. We're gonna have to um, uh, we're gonna have to solve that mystery. How about the uh, the short lived TV show with Lyle Alzado where he played a pro wrestler? I believe it was Ooh, called Learning the Ropes. Learning the Ropes. Was that was also the one with Alex Karras, right? He played a wrestler. Was that on the same show? The guy from Webster. He played a wrestler so. or a former football player. No, he played a wrestler. Lyle Alzado was a a wrestler as well. Yeah, he played. Uh, it was in. It was called Learning the Ropes. It was. He oh, used okay. to come on after. Used to come on after Glow back in the day. I once <laughs> shared a limo with Bud Bundy. Did you really? Yeah, it was me. Bud Bundy, Tracy Brooks, some Playboy Playmate, and Tanya Harding. Wow. What was this? This is like a reality show. It was this big indie show in San Francisco, autograph session at Cow Palace. This is this famous show where all the boys got burned on their payoffs. Um, so we the, the, the limo picked us up at the airport. Bud Bundy, blah, blah, blah. And Tanya Harding asked everybody in the limo for $20. Wow. She's like, can I borrow $20? I don't have any money. So she was kind of down on her luck at the time. Did you lend her $20? No. Why? I didn't have it on me. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I didn't have it on me. Would you have lent the $20? I would have definitely lent her $20. Yeah, but you wouldn't have seen it back. Hey, what are you looking for? Yeah, Dave, I'm, what are you looking for? I'm looking for certain, pieces of, for certain pieces of memorabilia. But while I'm doing that, I want to bring in our good friend who was at our party at the Whiskey A Go-Go, who I think would be perfect for this topic because he himself has made some cameos on TV as well, and that is the legendary RJ City. RJ, good morning, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Bully, that's why you were cut out of I, Tanya. Your story did not make sense. <laughs> that's <laughs> wait, right. Wait, what? You were supposed to be in that movie, I, Tanya, but they cut it out because you didn't lose the money. <laughs> I guess that's a Tanya Harding story? Yes. You're not familiar with this? I'm going to send you I'm going to send you her book, and you're going to really regret not giving her that 20. Okay. Uh, All right. Do you Thanks for smartening me, me up, kid. Well, yeah. you know, you know, RJ, and and listen, RJ, you're a young man, but you have an old soul, mm-hmm. and you know more about movies and TV than anybody that I know, and you go deep into the catalog, and yeah. we were we our intention this morning, RJ, was to talk about Dynamite from last night, yeah, and I don't know how we got on the topic, but we got on the topic of. Wrestlers in, you know, with cameos in TV and movies. And we've had a full bank of phone calls for the entire show of people calling in to talk about just that. And I said to Paul, our producer, the perfect person to talk about it would be you. Obviously, we've seen you on TV uh, quite a bit. Oh, Um, yeah. I'm sure you tune into my work all the time, Dave. Thank you. I I do. And you know I'm a big fan. I know. I know. Uh, so you want me to hit you with some? I have some deep cuts that no one talks yes, about. Yes, please. Okay. Ludwig Borga 
is in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Really? Okay. Yeah, he plays a terrorist disguised as a New York police officer. Because when you look at Ludwig, you think of New York's finest. <laughs> Do you know who else was in that, young man? Go ahead. Damien Demento. Oh, wow. Wow. That was you know how I know that? Because it was down wow. to me and Damien Demento to get the part, and they gave it to Damien Demento. Wait a minute. You lost out to Damien Demento? I do jobs to a lot of things. Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Jesse Ventura seems to be quite the cameo king. Uh, many people, obviously, Running Man, Predator, he's in. He's not, it's more than a cameo. He was also in Demolition Man. Oh, and yes, he was. He, he plays the security guard in Batman and Robin, the one with Uma Thurman. He's he's behind Uma Thurman when she makes an entrance. Poison Ivy? Yes. Uh, it's not necessary for him to be there. And his face is just, you know, it's too much to be on camera and be in the background. You know what I mean? True. Nice. Um, I also want to point out one of my favorite deep cuts. I'm sure I know you're all familiar with Spaceballs. And towards the end of the movie, the bearded lady is played by Matilda the Hun from Glow. Wow. That's a good one. God, RJ City, you're a genius. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that the One Man Gang and Lou Albano are in one of my favorite movies. Stay tuned with John Ritter. Oh, uh, excellent movie with John Ritter. Um, That and Skin Deep are my two favorite John Ritter movies. So I'm glad that you brought that one up, RJ. RJ, RJ, did you know that King Kong Bundy was on an episode of Married with Children? Don't listen to to him, RJ. I've I've heard about this. I've I've only heard about it, though. Um, (laughs) I, I do also want to talk about a little trivia for everyone. Do you know the only movie to have two former WCW champions in it, excluding Ready to Rumble? A movie that had two former WCW champions in it. I do yeah. not know. Longest Yard. So close. Muppets. Longest Yard. From Who? Muppets from Space. They had Hulk Hogan and everyone's friend, David Arquette. Ah. Longest, hang on. Longest Yard had Kevin Nash and Bill Goldberg. Oh, shit. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I recant. Well, I that's apologize. two movies then. That's two movies. Okay. I Did you, uh, were you listening to the show when Nick Bockwinkle appeared on uh, Hollywood Squares? Yes, because you know who the bottom left corner square is? I do, David Arquette's grandfather. Yes, the wonderful Charlie Weaver. What uh, about I'm the lovely episode of The Dating Game, one episode featuring the Nitro Girls, and then the next one with Disco Inferno, Billy Kidman when he had that itch, and Chris Jericho were on The Dating Game. I mean, who doesn't oh. want to date a guy who's constantly scratching himself? Sure. And when I, you know, if I want to go on a cruise for two weeks, all expenses paid, I want Disco Inferno next to me. (laughs) Uh, Well, I also, one of my favorite cameos, it is very good. Nathan Jones in Troy is a fantastic performance. Agreed. Now, 
RJ. Wait, I think I, I, I think I have one that we have not said. Oh, boy, here we go. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to hit that joke. <laughs> How about DDP in the Devil's Rejects? Oh, good one. Fabulous movie. Yeah, and I'll do you one better if we're doing Six Degrees. Uh, Kimberly in the 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, yeah. That was a good well, one. Who was she? She was in the... Oh, that's the right. Days. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. Now, RJ, I said I'm a big fan of yours. Your work is all over YouTube, and I think you do a tremendous job with, hey, EW. But uh, you also, I think about a year ago, did a video on Teaneck Tansy and the Venus Flytrap starring Deborah Harry and Andy Kaufman, uh, which only played on Broadway for one night, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a British play, and the reason it's so difficult to talk about is that it's under different names. Whatever area they play, they'll find a local area that starts with a T, and it'll be that Tansy, so Toronto Tansy or whatever. So the play always has a different name. Mm-hmm. And it's about a man and a woman, and they settle their you know domestic squabbles in the ring. It's this kind of weird performance thing. Debbie Harry... Uh, thought, gee, this is the vehicle for me. And that's when she started hanging out backstage at uh, wrestling shows in Madison Square Garden. And that's why there's a famous picture of her and Andre the Giant backstage. Um, Andy Kaufman played the referee. And for whatever reason, this was just a disaster of a play. Um, we don't really, really know why, because not that many people have seen it. I have a feeling that Debbie Harry went, wait a minute, this wrestling stuff is a little too rough. Uh, I think I'm going to go make a nice song. And I think how, does, how does um, a Broadway play only last on Broadway, Broadway one night? Did, like, nobody pay to see it or some other backstory? The the reviews, the initial review, they were, so they were only in previews. It wasn't, they didn't even make it to opening night. And I think the producers did the calculation that it was so poorly received and they were going to lose so much more money that they were just content losing the money they already had lost. Gotcha. Well, RJ, and I forgot to bring it um, to L.A., but I have it. So the next time that you and I see each other, I have a gift for you. Oh, my and goodness. I have a playbill from that night where they actually had Teaneck Tansy and the Venus Flytrap. I have the uh, the playbill from that one showing of that play. This is amazing. This Thank you. And this is almost as sweet as, Bully, do you remember the time that David Arquette sent you a cherry pie? No. Oh, we did a House of Hardcore show. We were all at a diner before the show, and David sent over a pie to your table. You have no recollection of this pie incident? Is this a weight joke? No, this was legit. He sent a pie over. There was a diner. We were all at a diner, and he wanted to earn your respect. Uh, so he sent over a full pie, and then I will say, to your credit, nobody ate it. But this was a real thing that happened. I, th- this would have had to have been at the Oregon Diner, right down the block from the ECW arena. I do not right. remember the pie. I don't remember the pie at all. Oh, okay. Well, I assure you it happened. And, he, you know, Maybe that's why he's back. been so standoffish throughout all these years. There's been pie heat between you and. Uh, I gave David Arquette a big hug when I saw him at the I Whiskey Go. I'm kidding. I mean, the oh, I'm just saying. Were I like David person has pie hey, heat David Arquette went through a table. He's good with me. Yes. Yeah. 
And I remember him saying to me, I want to go check out this Oregon diner. I heard it's really good. It's a famous diner. And my response was, yeah, but you're famous too. (laughs) (laughs) RJ, RJ, let's see if uh, these trigger you. I know this is before, you know, not really in your wheelhouse because it's not like the 50s and 60s. King Kong Bundy in Richard Pryor's Moving. Uh, I totally remember that. Yes. And who else? You know, Big John Studd had a little decent acting career, too, in the late 80s. He did. Undertaker on the X-Files. I've seen everyone. No recollection of that. Triple H on the Drew Carey Show. Roddy Piper on Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, Hulk Hogan on the A-Team. And the Bushwhackers on Family Matters. The Bushwhackers were great. They wrestled uh, Carl and Steve Urkel, who are known as the Psycho Twins. Wow, RJ is the man. And, of course, we, you know what started this whole thing? was we, we mentioned about Ox Baker being on The Price is Right, and that's what started this whole show yes. that we have going on right now. So, yeah. I would be remiss if I did not mention, I think my favorite wrestling cameo of all time is Jake Roberts and Vader on Boy Meets World. It's, a, it's, it's tremendous. RJ, yeah. we love you. Thank you again. I, I know it was far off from where you were, but coming to our party um, at the Whiskey A Go-Go, it meant a lot to us. We appreciate it. And thank you for always jumping on with us. And again, uh, let our fans know how they can interact with you, how they can see you, and how they can connect with you. Hey, W is every Sunday morning at the crack of dawn on AEW's YouTube. And then, you know, just Google me. Google RJ City. See what you like. See what you don't. And if you ever need an obscure reference, I'm only a phone call away. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.